What's up, Internet friends? I'm Kevin Garaventa, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club, a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. Today, we are talking about Tetris Effect, a game from the brilliant mind of Tetsuya Mizuguchi. Mizuguchi and his studio are well known for making music-infused games like Res and Luminous with the help of their own award-winning music team known as Hydelic. Tetris Effect Connected, or just Tetris Effect, is no different. With a completely original soundtrack by Hydelic, Tetris Effect is an enthralling piece of art and a new transcendent way to experience Tetris. Joining me today is a very special guest, Jordan Vickers. Welcome to the Game Club. Hi, everybody. Uh, another um, best friend here. How's everyone doing? Or just you and me, I guess. Yeah, it's just you and me. Uh, things are, are going great. How's your day going? Uh, it's It's been going great. We actually uh, played a little earlier together on Tetris Effect, and came to talk about that experience. Yeah, yeah, it was just you and me for, for a few minutes, uh, I, I think a couple hours ago, and uh, that was that was a pretty awesome experience. That, that was a lot of fun. Really looking forward yeah. to, to talking about that. Uh, yeah, well, I think we played only about 20, 30 minutes, but um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a, definitely a, a different uh, version of Tetris for multiplayer. Yeah. And we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, but if you want to be part of an episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club, just like Jordan here, you can send us an email at psplusgameclub at gmail.com with game suggestions or thoughts you have about our monthly featured game. And getting back to it, the game we picked this month is Tetris Effect. So first of all, for, for anyone that just isn't familiar with Tetris, there's you know, a column of space that you have where you're arranging falling blocks, and when you fill in a row of blocks without any holes, a line disappears. And then you know you continue, the game gets faster and faster. It's pretty simple, pretty intuitive to just see and, and understand what you're doing. Uh, but this one in particular was very special. And... That's because it integrates music into the game that you're playing in a different way than past Tetrises have done, where every move that you make, like a, a moving a piece or rotating it or placing it, it all has a particular musical note to it that kind of creates the music of the game as you're playing. And the, the designer, Tetsuya Mizuguchi, has a history of 
building games like that. And he, he's had studios make games over, over his career that have done that same kind of thing. But this is the first time that he's done it with Tetris. And it is one of the best versions of Tetris that I've played. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of funny when you say that, like, if you don't know what Tetris is, I think Tetris might be the most universal video game out there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard, like, grandparents have played it. Uh, people, uh, older generations have played it, young generations. You can literally pick up Tetris and immediately understand it. Yeah. And... It's that simple, but it also can be very complex. And I think it might be the best video game in the world because of those factors alone. It might not be a whole lot of people's favorite game, but you'd be hard-pressed to be like, I don't like Tetris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would think it, it is probably one of the most intuitive games that you can you can understand and see like what you are supposed to do. But to... To master it is a completely different thing. It's it's like the equivalent of, I would think, the the video game version of chess, where there's a, a simple set of rules that you can understand for to, to how to play it, but actually uh, knowing how to play it well is a completely different thing. And it takes, you know, hours and hours of practice just to to know like what you're doing in a Tetris game to be really good at it. Uh, oh, yeah. But there are definitely techniques on, like, how to stack and uh, and get clear as many lines as fast as possible. Yeah. Especially with the, the infamous line. Like, everybody wants to use that straight line and clear four spaces because it's so satisfying. It is, it is. And I have a, a habit of... Uh, not clearing lines and just trying to build that space to to insert the four square block in there, and uh, I almost to a detriment because I, I often like build my my stack up way too high, wanting to get that line piece just to to clear four lines at once. But yeah, be <laughs> before we get into the things that make it uh, extra different, yeah, um, me and my friends we also play. Just for fun, uh, the Poyo Poyo Tetris, and oh, yeah. uh, one of the things I notice in that versus this, the block randomization is a little bit harder in the Tetris Fat Connected, because in like the Poyo Poyo version and many other versions, I would get that straight line way more often than in Tetris Effect, and I feel like that was done on purpose. Huh. I think they wanted to make this game just slightly harder. Did you notice that at all? I actually didn't. Uh, you know, I, I I did end up, like, you know, not getting them sometimes when I didn't, when I needed them, but, uh, you know, most of the time it did still feel random, so I'm not sure if if I ended up getting... A line block or you know when i i didn't need it or or if i i really uh you know was missing one i also i don't know i often found myself having too many sometimes where like in in this version of tetris like most versions what you can do is have a whole piece and what that means is that like you can as your your blocks are falling if there's one that you want to save for later you can 
pick that and pull it back into a box that saves it for later. But that box can only hold one piece. And if you hit that button again, it swaps the piece that you have with what's currently falling. Now, uh, most of the time what would happen is I would get a line block, save it, and then uh, a few minutes later, like another line block would appear. And so I'd be like, well, I don't really have a stack built up yet for a, a whole line piece and I have to use this one. So it, it might have been a case where I was, I, I was just not using them often enough. And I, I don't know, I, I, they still just felt completely random. But uh, this, this version of Tetris, I felt like was you know, just about as good as any other that I've played as far as the gameplay goes. What made it really special, though, was the visuals and the music and how they are integrated into what you're playing. Yes. To give you an idea, uh, but to give you an idea of what that is, is that when you're moving pieces around, uh, the, the sound effects that they make as you're rotating pieces, as you're moving them from left to right or right to left, as you're dropping them into place, they all make a specific sound that fits into the background music that's playing in that level. And they also kind of create the music that, that is playing in the foreground, as well as the visuals. Like certain visual things happen when you clear a line and, the, and, and certain things happen when you like clear four lines at once. It's, it's very flashy. It, there's a lot going on. But at the same time, it's, it's quite beautiful and, and it's, it's very wonderful. It, that is like the artistic spin that uh, Mizuguchi's studio kind of takes on a lot of his games. And with Tetris, it makes it something really special. So uh, that's, that's, one, that's what I really love about this version of Tetris. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would describe this as the Tetris game if you absolutely love ASMR. <laughs> that's, that's a great uh, explanation. And it's... Uh, I feel like talking about it really doesn't do it justice because I had the experience of playing this in VR at first. Uh-huh. And um, that is a trip. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I feel like if you have... VR, any VR system, even though this is a PlayStation podcast, have any VR system, buy Tetris Effect. It is worth it. Yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, this, the playing it on the big screen and everything is all fun and whatnot, but to be surrounded by the, these visuals, uh, it really does step up everything to a whole nother level. Yeah.
have you noticed that uh, as you're playing this version of Tetris, have you been experiencing what is called the Tetris effect? Uh, I do not experience Tetris effect, which is after the game's done, you can still see the blocks in your mind yeah. or when you close them, close your eyes sometimes. And that dates back way back to, like, the Game Boy version where um, people actually would play Tetris for so long and they would lay down and the, you, the I forgot the composer, but the very classic Tetris music, the old Russian music, it would play in their head and they would see the falling blocks. <laughs> and that is what this game is named after. Yeah, yeah. And and it is it is an interesting thing to, to have happen. It it has happened to me only uh, a couple of times uh, with and the ones that I remember it happening was with this game and an old N sixty four game called Vigilante Eight. Uh, just because I loved playing it so much, and and I think I just like played so much of it that I started to just like see it when I started to fall asleep. But uh, this particular effect has been studied in in like laboratories where they have people play tetris before going to bed and they like these people while they're trying to fall asleep tend to see the game in their minds and it was you know the most prominent when they were trying to do that do this kind of thing with tetris so i think having that kind of uh that that kind of thing happen is very interesting and, and it it shows us you know a, a, another aspect of the mind that that video games can play and th- this is like one of those weird things that I'm not sure if it's a, a good or a bad thing it's just an interesting effect that you get when playing around with with video games and Tetris was one of the biggest ways they could replicate that effect so it's it's very interesting that they chose that as the name Tetris effect that they highlighted that that effect in the marketing of the game when they were leading up to the launch. Oh, absolutely! I I think it, it it's the brilliant call of what do we call this game? And <laughs> it, it's that in, interesting bit of trivia someone just knows, and they're like Tetris effect. What else could it be? Because this this game does stick with you uh, for for a Tetris game. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like. Old schoolers like us, like, Tetris one of the first games we ever played. We rarely play it now unless it's with friends. But this one, you you have a reason to go back and re-experience something brand new all over again. And I, I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, when, one other interesting thing is that it seems like the game is built around the theme of relaxation. And my wife pointed that out where she said, are, are you working on your chakra right now? When she saw, like, you know, someone, someone posing uh, in, in like a yoga pose or something. But like your avatar can, can like do different poses and stuff or uh, like sit in meditative states. And it seems like that's the kind of theme that this game is going for, where it's just trying to get you to relax and, you know, enter a flow state, which is you know, leading into an interesting thing where Tetris has been studied in, you know, various labs to also try and 
uh, combat the effects of PTSD and trauma. This particular version seems to really try and dig into that because, you know, Tetris has been used in studies to try and curb anxiety and, you know, help people cope with, you know, difficult memories. Uh, and they attribute that to having the ability to access your, your mind's like flow state. And that flow state can help distract the mind from feeling anxious and stressed about something. Uh, but like, it, it seems like this, this version of Tetris intentionally tries to evoke that. And that's another thing that I really love about this version of Tetris. Yeah. Uh, and, and another similar aspect to that, like, I imagine people listening to this are the vast majority are a certain level of gaming types. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we play all sorts of games and I'm sure a lot of us have experienced that in the zone moment where you are just on top of whatever you're playing Yeah, and you zoom like whatever difficulties you're having. I feel like the music and the visuals combined were done so well that it triggers that state of mind much easier than most games. And I think that's exactly what they intended. There's also another thing to this game. There's a lot of culture in this game. Yeah, it, it feels like they, they tried to incorporate every culture or some aspect of every culture into uh, one of the visual tracks in this game. So then uh, it does feel like it is a an all-encompassing around-the-world piece of art that that is meant for everyone, and and I really love that. What are some of your favorite uh, tracks or stages in the journey mode? I, I haven't finished journey mode. I'm very close to finished journey mode, but I think the one that stuck out with me the most um, was the Holland level with all the windmills. Oh, yes. And like your Tetris shapes are shaped of cogs. Yeah. Um, I really like that. And it had this every time you lay down, um, each level. When you lay down something, they have a little bit of a different uh, sound to them. This one has a woody, clacky sound to it, and it's so satisfying to hear each drop. Yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful. It's it's like uh, almost like um, like a very light drum beat, uh, or it reminded me of a xylophone because of all the the wood sounds that that came from it. That one was very memorable. I also loved the 
the the jazz uh like the city jazzscape kind of level where it's almost like uh like a, a a jam session of a jazz band that you're hearing while you're moving pieces around i loved that one but i think my favorite one is very late in the journey mode when uh the the screen becomes uh kind of serene and it's like uh like a tropical island theme one and uh for for just a, a reference like these stages they start in in some form but with like a certain speed of the blocks falling but those can change as the as you you clear lines and when you clear like 30 lines that's when the the stage ends well when you uh get through like the first 10 lines, the, the speed of the game might change. And all of a sudden, the blocks start to fall faster and faster. The particular effect that happens with the late stage level that I'm talking about, the visual starts with a bunch of palm trees, they're swaying in the wind, and it's a very serene um, kind of sound. The blocks are, are falling at a, a pretty slow speed. But as you clear some of those blocks, the sun starts to set in the background. And the drum beats of uh, a drum circle and some tiki torches start to uh, appear in the background and the the speed of the blocks start to fall faster and faster. By the end of the stage, it sounds like uh, a rocking party on the beach and the blocks are falling really fast and it's, it's kind of an adrenaline rush. So it's almost the opposite of a meditative state that Tetris Effect is going for, but it is still something that is evoking a huge amount of emotion and excitement that I, I absolutely loved. So that, that would be my favorite one, just the tropical setting and the fact that the sun sets as you play. Yeah. I haven't made it to that level yet. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the last one was, I think some ice level. There are several ice themes in this game and one, there's one, where it speeds up really early on and it just keeps coming and coming and I think I played just a, too much at that point where my brain was starting to get a little fried and like I need to take a break and then we started to do the podcast <laughs> uh, there was actually a level right before that though it seemed like it had a fire and ice theme and the rules were reversed uh, the blocks started at a fast pace and then yeah. they got slower. Yeah. And uh, well, that was pretty f- cool, too. And that one came in really late in the game as well. But the first time when you the the blocks start to hurry up, they the speed is quite noticeably different and totally takes you off guard. Yeah, yeah, it is. I remember the first time that happened. And I had the I, I wasn't playing with headphones. I was playing with the, the speakers uh, off our TV and it started out kind of nice. And then I think that was like the, yeah, it was the Hindu chant that, um, was the fire one. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. one I thought was really cool. And then, uh, it starts out kind of slow with a very heavy drum beat. And then, uh, by the end they are chanting really loud. And my wife like is, was in the room behind me and she just goes, um, like she wanted me to turn the volume down and all I could say was like, she, she was about to say that, but she was just like, uh, you know, and, and I just said, it's accelerating. Oh no. <laughs> but 
because I wasn't expecting it. I, I thought it was going to just uh, stay the same for the whole stage, but uh, like that that caught me off guard, and uh, you know it was like the last four or five lines where it got really fast, but you know it it, it was still really cool. And uh, I only played two modes of this, Journey Mode and the multiplayer with you. Uh-huh. Uh, well, what's the, like, uh, middle mode? What, what? I would guess it's, like, just a f uh, free-for-all, just play the same stage for as long as you want. Is that correct, or am so, I just guessing wrong? Not quite. So there, there are a bunch of different modes in this, and uh, there's, there's one that... Uh, you can just play and and play like a, a set number of tracks that are selected from the journey mode that uh, are, all have a, a specific theme. And you can either play them at, at like whatever difficulty you want, uh, or you can play them without uh, the, the threat of a game over. So just in practice, practice mode. And that okay. goes back to you relaxing and... Uh, just, you know, not needing to, uh, you know, think about anything really and, and not feel like you're under pressure that uh, to, to clear these lines and not lose. You know, there's it's just there for you to meditate almost. And uh, that that's one thing that was really interesting. There was also other spinoff modes from that where uh, you can uh, like you can clear like specific blocks uh, you can also, um, like do, do other variations of Tetris. Uh, but you know, there's, there's nothing, you know, that, that big or, or different from journey mode. There is one thing that I did find very strange and that's that a lot of Tetsuya Mizuguchi's games in the past that have featured music like this in Apollo game, especially like Luminous, uh, they allow you to create your own playlists. And this one doesn't have that feature. And that's one thing that I was really missing, where like I couldn't just create a playlist of my favorite tracks in the game. And that's that's the one thing that I found missing that I was really wanting for uh from Tetris Effect. So, you know, I I, I do appreciate that they have like three or four other meditative playlists that are themed in a specific way but I also want to create my own and this game doesn't have that available. So I'm not sure why, but you know, I, I'd want that 
the other modes though are really cool. There's there's one that like asks you to build up uh, a combo and um, you know you have to clear lines as fast as you can to keep that combo going. It's not about you know building up like uh, four lines and clearing them all at once. It's about clearing like one line with every piece almost to keep that combo going. Uh, going back to the whole saving a Tetris piece. Yeah. I didn't see that in game. Instead, what I saw was max mode, and that's a very interesting mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So it, what is max mode exactly? Could you explain that? Max mode, so you build up a meter. Yeah. And once when that meter is full, you, uh, I think it's like R3 or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was also something a bit different in VR mode. But um, the blocks stop falling at a normal pace, and they just stay on the top of the screen, and you move them around to the position you want. And I don't know how long this lasts, but I got in 10 pieces where I just move them wherever I want, and the lines quickly go away. And it's a really great thing if you are, like, near the top of the screen and you're like, oh, no, these are going super fast. And I can't think fast enough to put these wherever. But if you have max mode and you're like, I just need to get rid of three lines or whatever, it is a great way to finish the level. Yeah. Yeah. Was it called uh, max mode or zone mode? I, I remember, like... I. I call it max mode because when the meter's full, I see max. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like, I, I saw the, the instructions for it called zone mode and got into it. And, um, that's something that I often forget that I have in the game. And so I actually didn't even use it through journey mode at all until like I, I had finished the, the whole game. And then I realized, oh, there's zone mode. I had never used that. And then I tried using it a couple of times and thought, like, well, that's cool. All right. Um, I'm not sure if I really need it, but, like, it, it creates a great sense of relief for those really fast levels. And that, yes. that's another thing I really loved. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it was there till a while as well. And I was just kind of pressing other buttons at first to just try things i was hoping to find a uh, save this one piece button but i couldn't find one so yeah or at least in journey mode
Uh, speaking of journey mode, so like you do 30 lines and you move on to the next level. Mm-hmm. When you move on to the next level, everything pauses. There's a transition. The transition's really cool. And then whatever your build already was is that for the next level, unless if you finish a section. Once when you finish a section, which is like three or four songs, you're you're done. You take a break. You breathe. You're back in the menu mode. And then you go on to the next level with a totally clean slate. Yeah, that that is another chance for you to just take a breather and, you know, not have to worry about, uh, you know, what your your space looks like, like when you've you've finished the stage. Uh, that was something that 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 uh, was not in uh, the, the Lumines series when I was playing in that. So that was a nice addition to to these kinds of games that I've seen. So I, I really appreciated that because, you know, I remember when I was playing Luminous and I would get to like the the last the last track in the journey mode and I would, you know, fill up my space and lose and I I would have to start over completely. And, you know, that that's like a couple hours worth of playing that is just gone. And thankfully I was playing like my, my favorite one was on Vita. So I could just, you know play for a few minutes and then, you know, put it to sleep and, you know, go back to work wherever I was. But, um, this one, it, it has you play like four or five tracks and then you can just take a break for the rest of the night or, uh, you know, not, not do anything and then come back to it later. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. And if you lose during a stage, you don't go back to the complete first section. You just whatever last song you were on so you can literally be at the last song of the section not have to worry about it you just have to redo just that one stage and with 30 lines they're not really asking for much no no and and that's quite nice however in the final stage of journey mode you can just choose this one stage from the beginning and it is asking you to clear 100 lines and that oh really is, yeah that is quite a feat because it starts out fast and <laughs> gets a little bit slow but not often and it doesn't get that slow so it's it's definitely like a great final challenge for the game and i, I really loved it uh yeah i can't wait to uh, get to the uh last one i think i have only like six or seven songs left and yeah. then i'll be done Do you want to talk about multiplayer mode? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, let's let's talk about multiplayer. You know, that was something that I, I after I finished the journey mode, I thought like, okay, well, I'll I'll try out some of the multiplayer modes. You know, jumped in and and looked at them. 
for anyone that doesn't know, there are a handful of different strange, like multiplayer ways to play Tetris. And there's also there's the conventional one where it's a head-to-head match against like you and one other person. And like when you clear one line, there's a line that appears at the bottom of their their screen, and you know it pushes all their blocks up. And and so what you're trying to do is clear enough lines to push their stack all the way to the top and and jam them up. The crazy thing about this mode is that uh, when I played it, I I thought like, okay, well, you know, I'm pretty good at Tetris. I finished the game, jumped into multiplayer mode, and got clowned out. That 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 was a uh, kind of a revolutionary moment where it's like, yeah, I'm not that great at Tetris. I just learned, but I, I feel competent enough to, you know, get myself into a bad situation. I did not do the multiplayer mode because just my general knowledge, I have seen people on a pro level and they just, uh, you know how you can in most Tetris games just drop straight from wherever you're at. There's no uh, in-between. It's just an instant drop. Yeah. Uh, I've seen guys just, holy crap, one right after another. And I'm like, how do you even have the reflexes for that? How do you see that? But they just do. And once when you're on that level, I imagine you're going to be playing these games ranked and whatever, and you don't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah takes years to get to that level yeah and it's crazy but uh yeah uh people should look up fast tetra speed runs in general and uh just be in shock and awe yeah yeah to give you an idea of of what the like the speed of these are like it's, it's like the pieces just appear at the bottom of the screen they don't fall at all they just spawn in there exactly and then to keep it from sticking in place you have to keep rotating it and like the the speed that these guys are rotating the blocks is ridiculous uh and and then like you also have to like plan where you're going to place things because you know you can't really i guess lift a piece up above another piece so you know you can kind of make it roll across the screen but if your stack is too high for a piece to actually get over something you're you're restricted in where you're going to place it. Speaking of the rolling mechanic, um, what once when it's not like old NES Tetris. Once when you touch the other blocks, it's boom over. You get like a few seconds if you're really quick on like changing the positions of the block. Yeah, uh, and then set them in place. And uh, I think this game has been the most forgiving in Tetris I've seen of that. I think I counted up to four seconds one time before the blocks stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't think this is as forgiving as uh, the the Tetris on Nintendo DS. Um, I remember. I haven't played that. One. Okay, so on that one, I remember when when I had it, I would in a sense break the game of Tetris and play it infinitely, because at some point the speed does not increase because these blocks are just appearing at the bottom of your screen and you could just rotate it indefinitely. As long as you were pressing that button, the piece was not going to stick. And that way uh, it would allow you to, you know, just constantly be able to take a second and think about where you're going to place this piece. 
as long as you're rotating it at the bottom of the screen or, you know, at, at the top of your stack, wherever it is, it doesn't have any glue in it, so it's not going to stick to the pieces once it touches them. Uh, and, and you can just keep rotating it and figure out, okay, well, this is an L block. I'm going to keep spinning it, keep spinning it. Okay, I'm going to put it there, and you, you put it in, in place and then spin it a couple of times to get it oriented the way you want. But with this version, at least they, they do have a limit for how much you can rotate it once it hits the bottom. Yeah, and uh, that's basically the versus mode. But um, yeah, uh, what yeah. we played was a very interesting uh, one versus three co-op mode. Yeah, so this is like a PvE style kind of boss uh, or, or in a sense, like it's kind of like a raid almost where it's like you and two other friends gang up against a computer that is like a boss to fight in Tetris. And you all try and send lines over to it to get it to, uh, you know, fill up its, its space and reach the top. Uh, but it's also got its got attacks of its own to, to send at you which were, were really cool. Like sometimes it would um, make it so you can't rotate a piece. Other times it would make it so you can't use the hold space. So you can't hold on to a piece that you want. One of the most shocking ones, I think, was when it started to send over big blocks. And these were <laughs> like, like I got one that was shaped like the line piece, but it was two squares wide. And I got that and I thought, well, shit, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> God damn it. And so I panicked and did what I was not supposed to do. Uh, but like, <laughs> the idea was that like, okay, well, you've got this long block. What you should do with it is rotate it so it spreads across the entire screen and it fills up, uh, you know, all, all but two spaces that you can then fill with other blocks and clear those lines really fast. But... I just was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And I just set it down near the the left side of my screen because I was like, oh, I'll fill that up later. Of course, now I have to wait for not one, but two line blocks to then fill up the space that I left on the left side because I didn't put it up against the wall. Um, and and so like the the attacks that this computer has against you are ingenious and, and devious at the same time. But... You know, it, it is a lot of fun to uh, team up with a couple of people and try to take one of these these computer players down. So I, after playing that, I thought like, this is awesome. I really wish more people were playing this. This is great. And also, when when you enter a zone mode in this game, what happens is not, like the the blocks don't just like stop falling. All three players' screens merge together, and you can play as one team on one screen and you take turns placing pieces. This was really cool. And, uh, like it, it took some getting used to, but then I would start to like watch what you were doing. I would watch what our computer like third person was doing because you have to have three people on a team to fight the big computer. So like it, it became like this really cool cooperative thing where I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to place this one here. I know Jordan's placing his right there. This is how we're going to move around and really fill up these these lines really fast. So this was another part that I, I really loved. Yeah, it, it it almost feels like laying someone up with a, a shot in basketball. Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, it felt great because like I would I would watch you place a piece and then think like, well, he's placing his there and that fills up the space for me to put in a line block here or a big square here. And like we're, we're going to have like like a, a ton of lines built up for for this thing. And then at the end of that zone mode, you either have built up enough for the the boss to be killed because his screen is filled up so much or. He's really close to that. It kind of takes two or three tries in zone mode before you can just eliminate your guy. Yeah. When the it's one thing you don't think about, but when the three lines or screens line up, that doesn't mean you have a lot more space to clear a line first. So it takes more pieces to get to that point. Yeah. But in the end, you'll still have a ton of you'll have like eight or nine, ten lines to give to your opponent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the way they drop is not simultaneously. They take turns. So I would have to wait for you to do it, and then I can drop my piece, and then it's the AI's turn, and it goes back to you. But you all see each other's outlines on... You can move around in the meantime. Yeah. And uh, I can see where you're going to drop next. You can tell... I know where... You can see where I'm going next. And uh, the only wild card in that is the AI's a bit weird because um, we don't know what the hell the AI's thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, getting out of the zone actually helped me a lot. Uh, Because after the zone's over, there was a couple of points where I was about to lose. And then we got in the zone, and next thing you know, when it was all said and done, I'm back to, like, three or four lines. Yeah, yeah. Did you also notice that when you enter the zone, uh, all of the the holes that you've you've made in your, your stack, all of the Were blocks, filled? that they don't just get filled. Like, all the squares that are there become loose, and they all just drop where they are. Yeah, uh, it was something yeah. like, I was like, I could have sworn there was a hole there earlier, and I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. Yeah. In my head, I was like, I just thought they were filled, but uh, it was all happening so fast. I noticed something was going on, I just couldn't tell what was going on.
earlier, you uh, mentioned that you played this also in VR. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that as well? So I had a borrow a friend's VR helmet. It wasn't a PS uh, VR or VR two. It was, I think, it was an Oculus, and um, you can play this sitting down. So for those who are like, I don't want to bump into anything or whatever, you can play it sitting down. And then honestly, I think that might be my preferred method because you don't need to move your arms or legs or anything. You just use the controllers in your hands uh, as is. And it's Tetris, so you're like, what button does what? Like, It's mm-hmm. very easy to figure out. The only major issue I had... I have glasses, and I am uh, nearsighted. I still needed my glasses to actually see, and they were a little bit of a hindrance. I heard about uh, lenses, though, prescription lenses you can put inside VR helmets. Oh, cool. If you have that sort of trouble mm-hmm. and you have the money, I would highly, highly do that for like just any VR game, uh, look into it, see if it's optimal for you. And if you really want to get VR games, please do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> just putting your glasses on, it it, it fits so weird. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, some glasses will not fit. My glasses barely fit over the VR helmet. Okay, okay. But as for the thing itself, um, I waited... Till I got the opportunity to play VR first before uh, downloading it on my PS4 and just playing on my big screen. And I'm glad I did because VR is the way to go. It's a bit more immersive. Uh, the sound's way better. I have really good headphones, but something about like in that helmet and everything, uh, the visuals really pop. You get a bigger sense of depth in the screen. And it's not sickening. The The other problem VR people have is, I'm going to get sick. Um, there's no sense of vertigo or what is up, what is down. None of that in this game. That's, um, yeah, that, that's great to hear. Particularly because like, I imagine that uh, like playing in VR... like. The, this version of Tetris, it's still stationary. Like you're, you're not moving around in VR, so there's not really that much of a chance to get this like VR sickness, so to speak. But like, it it, it is interesting. Uh, can you describe like what it looks like in VR? Like you, from what I understand, you still have the the Tetris board in front of you when you're playing. But yeah. how does that work? You- it looks very similar than you do on the TV. Yeah, I would say the devil is in the details, though. That's where the main difference is. It's, um, everything just pops more, and, uh, and there's just a sense of dimension where everything's at. Like, uh, there's one level with the jellyfish level, and, th- and fish kind of fly at you from around the screen. Um... You ever seen, like, 3D tricks in an IMAX movie? Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to that. Okay. Uh, uh, how 3D works in, like, they're not right in front of you or anything, but that the sense of, like, they, whatever, something would, like, 
fly behind the uh, Tetris screen and you would see it, and then it would float around to the front of it, but really quickly, so you're not being totally screwed. I'm like, where's my piece at? I can't see. Yeah. Or anything like that. It sounds like there's a sense of depth to it, where yeah. like there is, there's a lot happening behind the board. And, and so, like, Correct. when you get to that stage when, you know, you're, you're on, a, like, a, a hot air balloon and there are tons of hot air balloons, like, all around the background. Yeah, there's you like can a... tell which ones are closer than others. Okay. And uh, particle effects, like, I'm sure you saw lots of fireworks in this game, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you can see in VR uh, one bit of firework closer than the other. Like, one's in front of the field, one's behind it, one's beside it, and uh, there's not exactly a placement order for it. It's all randomized. On the other hand, as cool as that all does sound, that's kind of it. There's nothing other too other special about VR, and, man, I do wish I could play online on it, because... Uh, I would like to see how that would work. Like, is the connection speed slowed? Is it chuggy? It loaded just fine. It took a minute. The load times did take a minute, but not... You're just sitting there like, oh, when's this going to be over with? It, it just took, you know, I'd say about like 20 seconds, most. <laughs> uh, 10 seconds usually. And then whatever, just loading, you're on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Was there any point where you felt like uh, you were engulfed in the effects? Oh, yeah. Uh, the playing every... <laughs> the first time playing, I was like... My friends were like, you're saying wow a lot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because these visuals are so fucking cool. And they were seeing what I saw on the TV, and they're like, well, that looks cool. But I'm like, it's, a, it's so hard to convey the difference on, like just talking about it, it is something you really do need to sadly experience for yourself. Okay. Okay. I remember uh, when, I, I think it was Jared Petty who was talking about Tetris Effect. Doki Doki. And yeah, he, he had said that like, okay, well, I, I play Tetris Effect on screen. Yeah, I thought, okay, well, this is cool. And then, And he said, when I put on the VR headset and tried Tetris Effect, I said to myself, this is how religions are born. It's that transcendent. <laughs> like it, it, it totally sounds like can be. Yeah, it, it sounds like that's what you're describing, where it's just a a completely different experience that uh, is something that you cannot forget about. Yeah, I wish I had more time with it. I only had about an hour uh, on the journey mode. I got as far as the uh, windmill level, and then. Uh, things were moving along and we had to put the game up sadly, yeah. but, um, I, I, I went ahead to my friend and said, I will buy this game if I can try it out. So I now have <laughs> carte blanche to be like, Hey, you want to hang out this weekend? Bring your VR helmet over. I want to play more of that. <laughs> so. Nice. Nice.
Okay, so on the show, I like to ask people, uh, you know, how would you rate Tetris Effect uh, on, a, on like one out of these three different rankings? Would you say, uh, don't bother with it, it's not really worth your time? Uh, would, or would you say, try it if you have PlayStation Plus or if you see it on sale? Or would you just say, I really should have paid full price for this thing? Oh, uh, I mean, if you if you have PlayStation Plus, absolutely get it. Whether you have it on a on a base PS4, PS5, and if you have a VR uh, helmet and everything, absolutely get it. Even if you have to buy it, if you have VR, this is a must buy. If you don't have VR, I would pick it up for on sale. If you do not have the PlayStation Plus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say about the same thing where, uh, I, I felt like it was, it was great. It was a beautiful experience, but, um, you know, wait to wait for it to be on sale or, or if you have PlayStation plus definitely download and try it. But, uh, you know, it, it is a pretty simple Tetris experience that I imagine I'm going to be coming back to every now and then just for a few five minutes of relaxation. So, uh, you know, it is it is a fun experience to try out and something really interesting to, to see. Uh, a lot of people who are into gaming be like, I was I've just been starting to date someone who's into wants to get in games or whatever. This is one of those uh, first steps into gaming games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially in the co-op mode because a lot of times you're they want to play with you. The co-op version of this game is an absolute great way on, like, you don't, you're on the same team. You don't have to worry about them sucking. Because <laughs> to find someone who sucks at Tetris, like, actually sucks, would be kind of a hard, <laughs> hard thing to do. Uh, like, uh, the, the person that's staying with me, she uh, has um, dyslexia. Okay. And that can kind of mess with people. And we still love the co-ops. Uh, the, the AI's butt. <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't play video games too much, and she never played this game before, and we were still able to do it. So oh, nice. yeah. I would definitely say that that is a huge plus of this game. And it's also one of those great games to just blow your friends' minds away. Yeah. Like, guy, I know this is Tetris, but you gotta watch this. <laughs> Moving on, another part of the show I like to to have is the actual books and more segment of the, out of this this book club style podcast. Are there other games in Tetsuya Mizuguchi's history that you have played? I have not. Um, sorry, Greg oh. Miller. I've never <laughs> had a Vita, so no uh, Illuminous, no Poyo Poyo. Okay. I don't know if he did Poyo Poyo, but I whenever people bring up. Or no, not Poyo Poyo. What's the other? What's the one he's obsessed with? The uh, other oh, the, the game that gets Pedapong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if he if if Mizuguchi was involved in Patapon, but um, I'll have to look that Would one up. Be... Yeah, yeah. That one I haven't tried. Uh, so the ones that I have tried because I, I was looking on Wikipedia for a few minutes. Um, so Rez is probably one of his most famous. Uh, I I remember trying that, and even though I was not great at it, I I was still blown away by the style of that. Uh, that one is sort of like uh, a light gun shooting game, but you're like a, a an ethereal being inside of a computer, and you're trying to eliminate a computer virus. It was very '90s, I thought, in theme. Um, another one is Every Extend Extra, a uh, very cool game where you're you're kind of like creating fireworks and chain reactions of on stuff on screen, um, and, and then like the beat of the music plays into the explosions that are happening it's really cool i think that one was on uh xbox 360 uh way back in in the day when like xbox live had just launched he also did child of eden which uh was kind of like res but uh it was a big highlight for xbox's connect where you could shoot with your hand gestures and it didn't really work all that well uh, but you could play it with a controller too, and that was, I think, the the better way to play it. Uh, I had it on PS3 and tried it with the Move controllers. Also, they didn't really work that well, but playing it on a controller was was really cool. That one was very much like Res. So if you can find a copy of that, try it out. But I do think that my favorite series that he's worked on uh, is Luminous, and I I still love. Luminous, the the Electronic Symphony version on PS Vita, that one is still my favorite just because it has some of the the best music for my taste. And the playing Tetris Effect really got me to pull out my Vita and start playing that game again, playing Luminous again, because I I loved that music so much. Yeah, um, I I I should try it out someday. I probably will, um, especially if it ever does get ported. It has been ported, right? Am I crazy on thinking on that? Uh, not, not the Electronic Symphony uh, series, or not that that version of the game. But Luminous Remastered has been put out on Switch, PS4, and PS5, so you can get it there. Uh, but okay, my favorite, my favorite version of it uh, is still only on PlayStation Vita, and and so you know, sadly, those tracks are not available in. Uh, Luminous Remastered, but it, it's still a really good game. A nice alternative to Tetris where um, you're not trying to clear lines, but you're trying to form like large blocks of the same color. But also related to Tetris Effect, when you suggested Tetris Effect, like in early March, did you realize that the Tetris movie was just about to come out? I think the next day on KFGD... Tim was like, have you seen this trailer? <laughs> and uh, and I see the trailer, and I told my friend, we need to watch this movie. And we just did last night. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, what a movie. Um, <laughs> even if you're not into Tetris, it's just uh, a really cool retelling of not the making of, but the getting the rights of. Yeah, my wife and I watched it last night too, and... To describe it, it, it's kind of like the movie Argo, where you've got, uh, you know, something that that or someone that is wanted inside an oppressive area, and one person is going in to try and extract it, and 
Uh, it, it is a it's a great thriller of a movie and uh, is very exciting. It also has like these cool uh, like eight bit effects that are that have happened on screen every once in a while. Reminded me very much of Scott Pilgrim, but it's not as oppressive. So I thought that was that was really cool. And the the fact that this is like mostly a true story is just amazing with how like how much uh, like behind the scenes like uh, espionage was going on and there was bribery everywhere and uh, it was it was just ridiculous of this one guy Hank Rogers trying to get the rights to Tetris for Nintendo and it's amazing like that he did and and what he did to to get there the same time like uh roger maxwell and kevin maxwell are you know working at mirasoft trying to get the rights to them but like they they didn't look at the contract properly that uh like someone else had they had bought the rights from it was just it was so messy and it was amazing to see like the chain of events that happened to get hank rogers the rights to tetris it is it's great i i loved the movie yeah, I would classify it as a uh, suspense thriller comedy because it everything is very suspenseful in it, but it's also still just lighthearted enough. Yeah, where you're kind of laughing all the way through. Yeah, it had me laughing at, at a lot of points, but at the same time, it was kind of like, oh god, like get out of there. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, it's mostly all true because, like, uh, you know, they, they've said that. You know, when when Hank was going into restaurant, they they said every time he went, they were worried, is he going to get arrested? Like, I really hope he he does come back. Yeah, uh, there are, <laughs> there is so many things that you're like, I can't believe that 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 has to be exaggerated. But the whole um, what's his name? The small uh, guy who was also trying to get the rights for the uh, the. The mil- millionaires. He was literally like there at the same time, and I think it was a day, maybe three days. He just missed the the rights in real life. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, Hank. Yeah, it was really down to the wire on both ends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trying. I oh, it was uh, Robert Stein played by Toby Jones in the movie. That's right. But uh, yeah, Robert Stein had bought the rights from the the original creator but like at one point he didn't specify what the word computer meant in the contract and that nebulous thing just sort of unraveled everything else that they had set up and then you know kevin maxwell who was the the ceo of mirasoft uh was doing some shady stuff with some some russian like authority people and and then like Robert Maxwell, his father was stealing from the company, so they didn't have the money to pay for the rights when they were finally confronted about it. It was just all ridiculous, and this movie does it so well in telling that story. Exactly, and you know we're not gonna. I'm sure you can guess the end of the movie, but uh, <laughs> if uh... you know if you know a little bit of history about Tetris, yes. But yeah, uh, you know the 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 way they do it is fantastic. I loved this movie. So I highly recommend I checking it out. Too. Is there anything else that you'd like to recommend in our actual books and more segment? There is one reason I did not finish journey mode. 
and that is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games of all time, and I was like, I'm going to blow through this in a weekend. I'm still only halfway through it. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I am playing on hardcore mode, and um, I would say if you love Resident Evil 4, you have to play this game. Holy crap. Um, half the fun of this really is they changed so much in this, and but it's still so familiar to see. I remember that part, but then you get turned around and you're like, that's completely new. Is so, is so good. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, the only other recommendation that I have would be for our game next month. And we will be talking in May about Rayman Legends. It was published under Ubisoft's UbiArt program in 2013. And if you want to be a part of the show, just like Jordan here, feel free to write into PSPlusGameClub at gmail.com and we will read your email on the show. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to talking next month with you about Rayman Legends. That game is one that I haven't played in a couple of years, but I, I remember loving the music and the art style in that game so much. So yeah, really looking forward to, to that one next month. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to yeah. you about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't started it yet, but that's that's one that I'm I'm looking forward to. So, uh, if you again want to be on the show just like Jordan here, you can write in to psplusgameclub at gmail.com and let us know what you think about Rayman Legends. But until then, I hope you have a great day and remember to have fun playing around. Yeah, all right. Bye everyone. <laughs>